Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Zhao, and today I'm joined by Jess Liberi, head of product at eMoney Advisor, a Fidelity-owned company. eMoney is a software company that empowers financial advisors with the tools to create robust financial plans, set savings, investing, and spending goals, decide asset allocation, analyze trade-off decisions, conduct cash flow analysis, and much more. eMoney is used by over 70,000 financial professionals across a wide variety of practices in the U.S., reaching the financial future of almost 5 million U.S. households. Jess and I cover a lot of ground in this episode, highlighted by the impact COVID had on both advisors and everyday Americans, how sound financial planning is needed now more than ever, the future of financial advice, both from a fee and product standpoint, and eMoney's new project incentive coming in early 2021. It's been trendy in fintech to claim financial advisors are on the way out. Yes, robo-advisors and Robinhood on the whole are cheaper, but just helps show just how crucial advisors can be to setting sound plans, providing a sense of comfort for people, and making sure people stay the course. For most Americans, I believe a good financial advisor is invaluable, and having a person you've known for a while to call in a year like 2020 cannot be replicated by an app for most Americans, even if they do have a built-in call your advisor feature. Now let's get started. Hi, Jess, and welcome to the Wharton FinTech Podcast. We're excited to have you as a guest today. Thanks, Ryan. Excited to be here. Where are you quarantining at the moment, and what have you been up to these last few months? So at the moment, I am in my home in Wallingford, Pennsylvania, which is outside of Philadelphia, near Media. I am actually in, and I always move to the side so people can see the nice wall decals and the bunk beds in the background. I am in my nine-year-old's bedroom. This has been my home office since March, I think. So I've taken over his room, his space, his desk, and have made it my own, which I think he thought was cool in the beginning. Probably not so much anymore. (laughs) That's got to be tough. Is he in school right now? So they're um, hybrid. So he is home today. It's Tuesday and he will be in school, you know, later this week. They go two days in, three days out. So so that just started. Yeah. So where is he doing school from if you're in his room? (laughs) He's down in the living room. He didn't need a door. (laughs) I needed a door that closed to avoid some of the interruptions. So he he is at our desk (laughs) in the living room. That's great. All right. So to begin, could you talk us through your background and just take us up to when you joined eMoney? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, as you mentioned, my name is Jess Liberi. I am head of product at eMoney Advisor. I've been with eMoney for about seven years now. It'll be seven years in February. Time has flown. But I joined eMoney as part of the product team and at this point now leading that team at eMoney, which has evolved over that time as well, as have our products, if I'm perfectly honest. I had come from SEI Investments, so spent my entire career in financial services, worked at SEI for just over 10 years in a number of different roles in sales, operations, relationship management, ultimately product and technology which is really where I've stayed throughout the remainder of my career. Great. So what exactly is eMoney and what problem is it solving? So it's a great question because we realize that not many people, especially individuals, are familiar with eMoney. But if I had to kind of boil down exactly who we are and what we do, we are a software company and our mission is to help people talk about money. How we do that is through financial advisors. So we offer software 
to financial advisors. Financial advisors use our software to create financial plans for their clients. So really helping their clients understand what their goals are related to their finances and understand how they craft a plan to help them get from where they are today to where they want to be in the future and understand trade-off decisions along the way. And in order to do that, we really think it's important to have a great view for towards cash flow, where money is coming in from, where money is going out. So are you saving, spending it? And when we look at spending, can we separate it into necessary versus discretionary spending? Those really give advisors all of the levers that they need to, to help individuals understand the impact of decisions on their finances. So then what are some of the other key features of the product and maybe some customizations that you offer advisors? As a financial planning product, we often say we do so much more then provide financial planning technology to advisors. You know, we always say for a planning-led advisor, they're doing so much more than just creating a financial plan. Obviously, that's very important part of the value that they add to their clients, but they have to, you know, understand a great deal of information about the client. So we offer aggregation, data aggregation capabilities, much like the Yodlies, the MXs, the plaids of the world, so that advisors can and individuals can get a really comprehensive view of their wealth, their total financial picture all in one place, not just what the advisor is managing on behalf of that client. We also offer a secure vault for advisors and clients to be able to exchange information back and forth. We offer marketing products to help advisors better communicate with both their clients and their prospects and grow their business. And we offer things like APIs. So really the backbone of integrations, I like to say for non-technical audiences. And we've built integrations into our platform to really streamline the advisor's tech stack. Got it. So that data aggregation is built in-house. You're not using you know, InvestNet or Yodely as a provider. That's right. It's our own data aggregation built in-house. And we work with about over 70,000 financial professionals, so financial advisors that are aggregating data, receiving plans, et cetera, all on our platform. And I guess, Ryan, one thing I forgot to mention was, and it's an important piece, is our client portal. So a big piece of what we do from a planning perspective is helping advisors engage their clients in the planning discussions. We want to make planning interactive so that it's no longer, you know, I'm the advisor and I'm going to hand you this huge binder after we meet. You're going to go away, leave that thing on the shelf, and it's going to collect dust until we talk about it next year. The plan is kind of alive and breathing and shared interactively with clients and clients have their own portal as well where they can log in, they can aggregate data They can see spending transactions all in one place. They can put together a budget, but most importantly, they can see their goals and their financial plan. So how has this product evolved over time? Are you kind of interfacing with your advisors at, you know, once a year conference, every three months, every week? And are you also getting from your end users, you know, the people themselves? Yeah, so we do interface with the financial advisors. In some cases, we have interfaced with the end users, so the customers of the advisors as well. But really, our client is the advisor. So we spend a lot of time interfacing with them. But you had asked around how the product has evolved, I think was the question. And what I will say is what we look at is this evolution of the advisor and realizing that the demand for advice is growing. And I think the evolution of the advisor, I bring that up because 
Historically, advisors may have been seen as simply providing investment advice. They may be selecting an asset allocation strategy. They may be selecting funds or stocks for their clients to buy. That has evolved and we've seen advisors become more and more planning centric. So the number of advisors that are adopting a more planning led practice or philosophy is certainly increasing. But on the flip side, as we think about the individuals that the advisors work with, the underlying demand for advice is increasing. And we can certainly spend some time talking about the pandemic and how that's kind of shown a light on that need for advice. But it's not just the demand for advice. It's also the willingness to work with a financial professional and to pay. But honestly, I think some of the fee structures of the past or even the present may not be in line with what the individuals demanding that advice will demand in the future. Yeah, we'll definitely be getting to that point later. So, but for now, so EMET, let's say e-money and your main competitors are in a conference room and a big potential client is there, a big book of business. How are you pitching the client to make sure they know what e-money can bring to the table and differentiate from the competitors? Absolutely. So we always like to say at e-money, we don't just provide planning technology or planning software. We help advisors become better planners. And I'll explain what that means in just a minute. But I talked a lot about the different products and features that we offer besides just the planning technology. Outside of the products and features themselves, we also offer a great amount of services that support that product, that help advisors get onboarded, that provide them access to a team of CFPs that can really help work through planning scenarios with them and help them better understand how they might model something complex on our platform, how they might think through different scenarios. So it's really a more consultative approach, I would say, giving the advisors access to that team. And like I said, really helping provide outside of just the technology, some services and support that help advisors become better planners. And then how well does eMoney advancing as well as Fidelity's mission to help people get comfortable with personal finance, I know some programs we saw were the FPA incentive and even university programs. Could you just kind of talk a little bit about those programs for our listeners? So I think I've said before, we help advisors become better planners, but overall, I would also say we want to help the industry as a whole progress in terms of becoming more planning-centric and planning-led. So what we've done, we've had a number of different programs over the years, but specifically earlier this year, mainly as a result of the pandemic, we've seen a lot of internships being canceled. There were job losses as well, but we partnered with the FPA to promote their virtual externship program. We had over 2,000 participants in that program, and we at eMoney gave them access to our Premier license. So Premier includes both our lighter foundational planning product and our really well-known comprehensive cash flow-based advanced planning product. So you got access to everything that eMoney could offer. We also gave them access to advisor branded marketing, which is our digital marketing product. And we gave them access to the team of CFPs and our financial planning group that I had mentioned earlier. It was a really great program, but ultimately what we wanted to do was help all of those people that were going through that program end up with skills and knowledge that were ultimately going to distinguish them from their competition when kind of navigating the job market in a really competitive environment. That was one example. You mentioned the university program as well. That's been something that we've had in place for years, but we've partnered with over 60 universities that offer 
financial planning programs and curriculums to give them access to e-money's software and to give them certification programs. So again, they're going to graduate from these programs with knowledge of e-money's platform, which again, makes them really stand out when they're looking for jobs with offices, advisory offices that may already have a relationship with e-money and use that for financial planning. And then who are some of the affiliate universities and colleges that you've worked with? So Texas Tech is definitely one. Georgia is another. There are a handful of them across the U.S. that we've partnered with. So it's been a really great program for us. And that certification program has extended even beyond the university programs to just advisory offices that want that official e-money certification. That's an awesome program. So going back to what we were talking about earlier, so the big monkey in the room, as always, is COVID. This is where advisors and the products that they use really earn their fees, because this is when, like you said, people really need advice more than ever. You know, when the market's been booming for a decade, anyone thinks that they can manage their own money until something like this happens. Can you share the criticality and value of planning that you've seen over the last six months and how it's affected your advisors? Yeah, so we actually had done a survey a few months into the pandemic to see how were the advisors feeling overall? What was their sense around how their clients were navigating through the pandemic? And what was their sense as to how e-money either helped or was just a constant in helping them deliver planning and advice to their clients? And we were really pleased to hear that over 80%, I think it was 85 or 86%, of all of the advisors who participated in the survey felt that those clients, and this is not surprising, those clients that had a financial plan felt less discomfort, less anxiety, and ultimately had more satisfaction with the advisors as a result of having that plan in place. We actually looked through even just usage of the platform to see if we were noticing any trends in terms of clients logging in and checking things like balances or checking in on their plan advisors going through and updating plans more frequently. And honestly, the usage patterns were pretty consistent. There weren't any big spikes or lumps. But what we did see was a really big spike in screen sharing, which again, these things are not surprising. But because advisors were forced into this virtual model basically overnight, right? Mm -hmm. We did see a lot of them who maybe were slower to present to clients, you know, virtually and over a screen sharing, start to use our screen sharing functionality to do those client presentations. So we know that they were talking to their clients more frequently, Mm -hmm. talking to their clients more frequently in a virtual model, but they really found, this was stated through the survey that e-money helped. I think it was about 69% of those advisors felt because they used e-money and because e-money had this technology in place, it really helped them to navigate moving into that virtual model. And they found that things like those screen sharing functionalities, about 60% said that that was really helpful for them to do that. But ultimately, I would say main point, those that had a plan felt more at ease in a time when I think we all know that across America, many, many households were not feeling at ease. They were feeling stress and anxiety as a result of the pandemic. We looked at some other research as well, and I think we found about 45% of adults had either lost a job or taken a pay cut due to the pandemic. And roughly a third didn't have access to funds that they would need for three months of expenses. So what we all call like an emergency savings fund, having access to cash to cover three to six months worth of expenses. Over a third 
don't have access to the funds that they would need in case of an emergency, in case of a job loss, and in case of a, a pay cut. So I think that that was really eye-opening. And back to just the growing demand for advice, we at eMoney, again, helping people talk about money, and that's all people who are in need of better clarity, better understanding, better transparency, more confidence as it relates to their finances. We saw an opportunity to really help advisors through the use of technology scale that delivery of advice. And I can talk a little bit about our upcoming product launch of incentive that will help advisors do just that. Yeah, I have to say I'm shocked that there was not more time spent on the platform from the uh, from the end user side that they weren't Isn't checking and refreshing. We <laughs> expected it to be, right? right? Like, but honestly, I think because of the plan in place, the advisors met with them, showed them how, hey, we might have to adjust some things because of this extra stress. We call them what ifs or you know, we stress test the portfolios. But honestly, I think once those conversations happened, you know, clients felt more at ease. So yeah. They weren't checking portfolio values every day. <laughs> I, I think that's awesome and really such a perfect use case for the advisor. I mean, at least myself, I was refreshing almost every day trying yeah. to see how much money I had lost. Yeah. I think over the last really five, 10 years, there's been such a movement toward robo-advisors and you don't need advisors anymore. And they've been kind of frowned upon by a lot of the fintech industry. But in times like this, you really realize how powerful they are for everyday Americans. Yeah. And I would say, Ryan, you're probably not that different from most, right? Most people Mm -hmm. were likely checking balances. I think really, though, it does highlight the importance of a plan. It's not just about the investments and back to just the evolution of financial advisors as well. The investments, to your point, people have access to low-cost platforms for investing. There are ETFs. Stock trading has become democratized as well through platforms like Acorns, Robinhood, but even your largest trading platforms like Fidelity, Schwab, all offering fractional share trading for stocks as well. So it's just become so much more accessible. And it's part of the reason why I think we're seeing advisors move more towards these comprehensive planning discussions, because it's not just about the investments and how much money you have either made or lost on any (laughs) given day. It's what are you looking to do, right? What are those goals that you're working towards? What are the possibilities, right? Like, and is there a way for us to open up more possibilities through different combinations of spending and saving that should be looked at to help put you in a better position to achieve those goals in the future? So going off that point, and then we'll get to incentives. So as you said, wealth management is just so disrupted right now. So many different products, changing consumer demand, fee compression. What have you seen as some of the key changes in advisors over the last few years? And what's really keeping them up at night to make sure that they're staying relevant? I think we're seeing a few shifts in the market. They're not new, but I would say the pandemic has probably accelerated some of them. First one that I generally will speak to is the move towards digital platforms. You had mentioned robo-advisors. I think it's no longer something that should be considered as part of the advisor offering. It's a necessity. People are going to want to try things in a digital first environment, regardless of age. So just an interesting stat. When we look at usage of our client portal, the major users of our portal, which is a website that the clients can log into to engage with their plan, are over 60. So those individuals, just as much as anyone else, are logging into these types of tools to look at things and kind of do things themselves. And we've seen technology evolve over the years to make people feel more empowered to try things that maybe aren't their area of expertise, but there's this desire to self-educate. 
to kind of tinker around on your own. You had mentioned stock trading, you know, investing. There is this desire. So having that digital first mindset for all clients, regardless of age, is I think really important. The other one that we touched upon a little earlier was fees. And I just remember early on in my career, talking with advisors about the move to fee-based, right? And people were moving from commissions to Mm fee-based AUM charges. So charging a basis point fee based on assets under management. And I think now what we're seeing is that if advisors want to reach these new markets that are in fact demanding advice, they may not have accumulated assets that would warrant an advisor's attention in an AUM-based fee model, right? It just wouldn't be the target audience for that advisor. However, those different segments are very open and very receptive to paying retainer fees or subscription fees for access to planning and access to advice. And subscription fees are just kind of part of the norm for the most today, right? If you think about things like Netflix or Peloton, you know, our gym memberships, it's really a way that we've become accustomed to paying for services that we find valuable. So I'm seeing advisors start to think about how they not change their fee models, but evolve them because I don't think it's going to be a one-size-fits-all. So those, I think, are two of the biggest pieces. The other thing that I did allude to earlier was this idea, and Fidelity has this really nice visual of the advice value stack. It's it's a pyramid that looks like Maslow's hierarchy of needs. (laughs) But as you think about the advisor moving farther and farther up that value stack, the expectations, again, of all clients that that advisor will deal with are going to change and they're going to become greater, right? We talked about how accessible investing is. And if you put investing, security selection, rebalancing, asset allocation, those types of things at the bottom of that stack, those are just kind of the basic needs. And technology, to your point, really has both helped advisors automate those things, but also has made those things more accessible to investors overall. Planning, I think, is one of those things that helps advisors move up the value stack and really start to open up conversations about what does fulfillment look like that's at the top of the stack? What is peace of mind? You know, how can we help you feel more relaxed, more at ease, less stressed when it comes to your finances? And we all know that finances have a major impact on health overall. And we often talk about total wellness at eMoney. It's not just financial wellness, which I think has become somewhat of a buzzword lately. But it's how that financial wellness impacts your physical wellness and impacts your mental wellness as well. And they're all related and they all kind of interact. But those conversations that advisors will have with their clients will start to kind of peel back different layers of each of those. It's not just going to be about finances. And so going to what we were mentioning before, so the new incentive program, could you talk about what this new product is going to be and what the genesis of it was? Gosh, the genesis of it, I feel like I'm going to take you back in time because we had started with a different hypothesis here. And our hypothesis when we started research on this was that there was a need to help advisors engage the next generation. And we had kind of said, okay, let's focus in on millennials. And we did that for a number of reasons, mainly because they made up the largest percentage of the U.S. workforce. So It was previously dubbed, you know, our project name before we had come out with the true product name incentive was Project Avocado. 
again, because we were really looking at targeting <laughs> millennials who we right. just said, you know, a little bit of humor here. Millennials love avocado toast. So right. we had dubbed it Project Avocado. But interestingly enough, what we found is we were doing more and more research in figuring out what the real target market was for this. It really wasn't relevant with millennials any more or less than it was with any other age segment. So our demographics are broad, which I think made some people a little uncomfortable because we didn't have a specific target, but it's really the average American worker. We found that people, American workers aged 21 to 64, all have a need to get a better understanding of their finances. So ultimately what we're doing is providing a financial wellness app that takes two pieces of information. So we're starting small with just two pieces of information, age and income. We're able to give you some insight towards six key areas of finances, retirement, emergency savings that I mentioned before, protection, budgeting, debt. Those are five, but we'll start with those five, those key areas. And we're able to just use some high level industry accepted rules of thumb to basically say, where are you? Are you on track or are you off track? But generally what we want to do is have people then start to aggregate their data so that they can get a better picture of how off track or on track they are towards these industry rules of thumb. We give them educational material, but more importantly, where they can see that they're on track or off track, we're helping them with challenges. So we've incorporated these challenges into the app that will allow them to do things like reduce their spending on dining out. As a result of the pandemic, we actually said we probably need something more than just dining out. So we incorporated things like grocery spending because more and more people were cooking at home. But we can look at these very specific areas of their budget and give them weekly challenges that they can sign up for and just say, this week, I'd like to spend $20 less on that particular thing. And instead of spending it there, I'd like to save it towards my retirement, right? So we can give them kind of these trade-off decisions real time to help them get better insight into their current financial picture, sign up for challenges that help them get better on track towards where they want to be. And ultimately, our goal is to help change those behaviors today. It's those little behaviors today that add up to a much bigger impact over time. So where is this project right now in terms of development? So we have been in development now for the past year about, and we've started our first alpha earlier this year. So we started with an alpha product internally. We actually used eMoney's employee base. Again, talking about the average American worker, we had access to many of them. So our own employees were our first alpha. We got a lot of really great feedback from that group. We then went externally in an alpha environment. So working with one of the retirement plan advisor firms, and I can explain the target market in just a minute if you're interested, but we actually then got access to their employees. As you would imagine, they didn't want to use it with a client before they had an opportunity to use it themselves. We now have seven firms that are in beta or piloting the product for us and will be generally available in early 2021. So we're really excited about the progress, but each of these steps is important along the way to give us perspective. Like, have we hit it on the mark? Are there things that we need to change? Did we overlook something? I think that Mm -hmm. getting that feedback early and often is really important as you're building any product. And then how is that process affected, if at all, by COVID and the shift to remote? 
So I will say the process itself hasn't really been affected, but what has been affected is actually that there's more and more demand for this. So as I mentioned before, because of the impact of the pandemic on just the average American, people losing their jobs, having to cut back spending because of pay cuts, feeling like they're not prepared, there's actually been a growing interest among both retirement plan advisors. So those advisors that manage qualified plans on behalf of employers or plan sponsors, because the employers that they work with are saying, you know what, we've done a great job offering a 401k plan, for example, to help people save for retirement. But should we be doing more when it comes to emergency savings? And how would we go about doing this? Having an application like incentive gives them a really nice way to provide some additional support to these employees during a time when they know that they need it. But most importantly, it has access to the financial advisor. So at any point in time, we aren't just leaving that employee kind of hanging using a digital-only platform. That is the experience mainly, but there is an option for them to say, you know what, I'd really like to talk to someone about this question that I have, or I'd really like to learn more about how I could put together a financial plan. So we're giving them kind of what I call that lifeline. There's someone behind the curtain that they can basically tap on to say, I need some additional support. And you had asked earlier about how eMoney differentiates. I would say we often refer to the full spectrum of planning. So we don't want to help advisors just plan for one segment of the market. We want to help them be able to move clients seamlessly between different planning experiences based on their needs at any given time. One of our own clients has referred to this as the pendulum of planning because it's not that a client is always going to be in a really detailed, comprehensive planning engagement. There may be something that happened at a point in time, a death in the family that resulted in an inheritance, a sale of a business, for example, that required us to go really deep on specific scenarios But over time, that pendulum of planning might shift, and we want to be able to keep them on one single platform and meet all of those needs and help the advisors really flex to meet the needs of their clients. So what does the future hold for eMoney? You're operating in such a rapidly evolving space and crucial space, and there's been industry M&A, new fintech disruptors, eMoney's launching this massive incentive program. What can we expect moving forward? Yeah, so I'll go back to exactly where we started. Our mission is to help people talk about money, and that's all people, all advisors helping all people talk about money. In order to do so, advisors are going to need to scale the delivery of advice, and we think we have a really important role in helping provide technology on a single platform that allows them to kind of flex to meet the needs of those clients, as I just mentioned, so that they can scale the delivery of advice in a way that allows them to provide the support to the clients that need it at any given time and to use technology to really help them spread themselves throughout new segments of the markets. And that's really where we're going, right? Through the launch of incentive that digital first platform that's going to help them get in front of more and more people, but still give them the opportunity to raise their hand and ask for more when they're ready or when they need it. And then finally, through things like our digital marketing tool, helping them get in front of more and more clients and prospects more frequently with information and content that is relevant towards what those people are interested in at any point in time. 
we had talked about the desire to kind of self-educate and, and try things before you buy it. I always say it's like, it's a try it before you buy it mentality. People want to kind of have some knowledge before they come in. And I think a lot of what we're doing allows the individual to do just that and then to feel more in control of when and how they receive advice. Great. Well, Jess, I think that's a great place to end. I want to thank you for coming on the show today. This was an awesome episode in probably as important of a space there is right now in the wake of COVID. Um, So this is awesome. I'm really excited to get this out to our listeners. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was fun. I had a great time. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Wharton FinTech Podcast. If you like the show, please consider leaving us a review. And if you're looking for more fintech content, subscribe to our podcast channel and find us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Medium at Wharton FinTech. There you will find articles, videos, and much more analyzing all aspects of the industry. I've linked our accounts in the episode description. I would also like to thank our editor, Rafael Ostria, for his incredible work on our episodes. Signing off, I'm your host, Ryan Zauk. Thank you.